This is Brand USA Talks Travel, elevating the conversation about international travel to the United States. Here's your host, Mark Lapidus. I understand you're a pretty big jazz fan, so i got to ask you, what are a few of the best jazz shows you've ever seen, and where in the United States were they? Oh, wow. Great research and great question, my friend. Uh, I guess the best all-time jazz person that I saw in person was Miles Davis on one of his final tours. I saw him in Richmond, Virginia, which is my hometown. Incredible, incredible concert. That was bucket list for me. Uh, my son's middle name is Miles, after the great Miles Davis. Wow. Yeah, and I was probably on row two. <laughs> I just saw a great documentary on Miles. I think it was on Netflix. Have you watched that? I watched that as well. Incredible. Highly recommend that for anybody who hasn't seen it. My guest today is Al Hutchinson, President and CEO of Visit Baltimore. Previously, Al was CEO of Visit Mobile and VP of Sales for the Virginia Beach CVB. He's also worked in Pittsburgh, Charlotte, and Richmond. That's a lot of moving, Al. It is a lot of moving. It's like a military family, <laughs> but fortunately, it was all uh, going moving career pathway to great opportunities in great cities. Welcome to the podcast. I so appreciate you joining me. Oh, thank you very much, Mark. Let's begin with a question that all U.S. destinations should be trying to solve. How do you think we can continue to lower barriers to international travel to the United States? That is the question of the day. I think we have to continue to have those conversations with our Congress folks to let them know the impact of the travel and tourism industry is very, very important to the U.S. economy. And thankfully, I know Brand USA under Chris's leadership does a great job. But I think it's going to take all of us as we talk to our state and federal delegates. We have to continue to over-communicate to them the value proposition that the international travelers bring to our country. And if you think about it, I think the real proposition is we have these visitors coming here. They will spend a lot of money in great cities around the world. And what happens is we don't have to educate their kids. We don't have to pay their health insurance. We don't have to invest in their pension programs. So they leave investment here in the U.S. and they go home and hopefully have a great experience and tell their other citizens and their communities the great time they had in the United States. Then we get new visitors, incremental visitors. So that's where all of us need to partner up and continue to talk to all of our federal delegations about the value proposition that this great travel and tourism economy brings to the United States. You've got a lot of experience expressing the value of tourism to city and state leaders. Could you share a few of your best practices? Number one is that we have to always start from the premise that we're all in this together. We should have very open and very thoughtful conversations with our political leadership on the local level, state level, and federal level. And when you have those conversations, I think you guys have to break it down to them that we want the best for our country. And we want the economy to be strong. And we want folks in the United States to be able to travel around the United States from city to city, have a great experience. And internationally, is the same way. But I think we, as leaders in the destination marketing space, our hotel community, our attraction community, we have to have those conversations with elected officials, real conversations, not overcomplicated, but really just break it down to just common sense basics, the finances of what travel means to the communities the workforce development that this industry brings. We hire a lot of people in this industry who are able to take care of their families, send their kids to college. It's that component that sometimes our elected officials don't connect the dots 
And we need to make sure we're having those conversations. And at the end of the day, it is a brand message that the more good news we can bring to individual cities and states, that helps them to get reelected because if folks enjoy the states they serve or the cities they serve in, it helps their individual brands and it helps their credibility. So I think the travel and tourism space is something that as leaders, we have to talk to our electeds and really communicate to them the value proposition that we bring to their communities. Do you have any special tips to somebody new to leadership in developing these political relationships? We can't be afraid to have these conversations. I think sometimes if you put a label in front of someone, whether they're a mayor, whether they're a governor, that may hold some of us in awe that they're untouchable. We can't get to them. What we have to understand, they're husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, just like all of us. They're concerned about the country. They're concerned about a thriving economy. They're concerned about public safety in their communities. We should, as leaders, uh, not be bashful to have these conversations because at the end of the day, we are the good news storytellers in our communities. And as an elected official, they should really want to hear our story because they're dealing with so many complex issues, whether it's roads, education, safety. And if we can come to them and just bring a common sense conversation about we want to help you to increase the economy, we want to help you to bring more jobs to our neighborhoods, that's where we need to start. If we come from that vantage point that we're a neighbor in your neighborhood, or we're a citizen in the state, that we want to help you to get better, Mr. Mayor, Mrs. Mayor, or Ms. Governor, Mr. Governor, we want to help you. And we want to partner with you and your platform to advance your storytelling. That's the place we should all begin. Don't be intimidated by those storytelling. Along those lines, what are some of the challenges you face in Baltimore in elevating black, brown, and minority businesses internationally? You know, from the Baltimore-centric perspective, it's a community that is a majority-minority city. You have a lot of underserved people that are black and brown. But that also is sort of represented to a lot of urban hubs around the country. And we have to be able to connect with these small business owners and help to amplify their voices. Unfortunately, you have a lot of folks in a city like Baltimore that are voiceless, and they've been that way for decades, and they feel like no one is listening to them. I can use my platform, and and I would suggest other folks in leadership around the country use their voice and their platform to reach out to small business owners. You know, 80% of the businesses in the U.S. are small, uh, mom-and-pop-type businesses. We need them, but they also need a voice, and they also need to feel like they have access to organizations and individuals that can help their cause. So I think that's a good place for us to be um, if we can reach out to community leadership, neighborhood leaders, and be advocates for them. That will help us to elevate our communities, to move them forward, because the more we can bring them up and help them, it improves the the living standards of the entire community. And we don't want to leave anyone behind. So I would just suggest and welcome all of us to really reach out to the small business owners and help them elevate their voices. Let me follow up on that a bit. Do you feel there's enough infrastructure of buying and selling around minority businesses? Like, how do international tour operators find these businesses and experiences? Well, I really think it starts with the local storytelling, the local leadership. I know in Baltimore and a lot of other communities, the international traveler is very important to us. So as we go outbound to the UK, to Germany, Canada, Latin America, we want to be able to wave the flag of of the greatness of our communities. And we should be celebrating our small business owners, whether or not we have craft beer being brewed in our communities. Some of us have winemakers in our communities. We need to take that message to all parts of the world 
because we have a lot to celebrate in America, but we should never take the position that folks know that story. And so if your community has a great history story, like we have here in Baltimore, you want to celebrate it, whether it's music, art, I think it starts with us as the local storytellers taking that out to our friends across the world so they can really learn what we're all about, celebrate it, be excited about it, and want to come visit us. Seems like there's a challenge there in scaling this to be much larger. That's really where our challenge is moving forward. Obviously, too, you know, as America, we have some negativity we have to overcome, and we have to be honest with that and own it. Um, You know, the World Cup's going on as we speak, and we know some of the pushback about having the World Cup in Qatar. But I think also as America, we have some challenges. So we should be about trying to partner definitely with organizations like Brand USA, but partner with other similar type cities that you have some similarity with, and maybe use us as leverage as you go out and tell your international message to other communities. Because we have a lot to celebrate here. There's no doubt we have some challenges as a country, but we should own that as well and just let folks know we're growing just like every other community in the world, and we want to become better every day. Let's dive into Visit Baltimore's approach to DEI internally and externally. That's been really big for us. You know, we were really going down this road with the importance of celebrating all humanity before George Floyd happened in June of 2020. We just believe, and part of our DNA, is that we should be treating all people, regardless of race, ethnicity, religion, gender, equally and with respect. That's the vantage point we start with. And so once George Floyd did happen, we did a lot of extensive industry training of our colleagues to help them with diversity, equity, inclusion topics. We trained the Visit Baltimore's team in that space. We took it a little further and created a warm welcome program that we took out to the business community. And we asked them to partner with Visit Baltimore. If your organization wants to be welcoming to all people, we want you to go through a training of diversity, equity, inclusion. We want your voice to help us. We want you to put a little labels in your windshield, your front door, to let folks know you are a welcoming place of business. We just believe it's fundamentally the right thing to do. Obviously, it has an economic piece to this, but fundamentally, that's who we are as a destination, and that's where we're going to continue to go in the future. Because I live fairly close to Baltimore, I know that you've got a lot of events happening there. How much energy do you put into marketing events internationally? We need to do more, to be real honest with you, but um, we are definitely taking the message out. You know, we have Preakness every year, a great horse race. We take that word across the pond. You know, Germany and the UK are very, very strong feeder markets for us. We want to tell that story about that great race. We're fortunate to have the Baltimore Oreos and the Baltimore Ravens in our hometown. And so the international traveler, they love U.S. football. They also love baseball. And so fortunately, the O's are coming back. They're starting to play some good baseball. So we definitely take that message about our sports teams to the international traveler. A lot of folks just want to come to see Camden Yards. That's one of the most special ballparks in the world. And so we do tours. Hopefully I won't offend your friend Elliot Ferguson in D.C. (laughs) I love his stadium too, but there's something really special about Camden Yards. You want to offend Elliot. He knows what truth is. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have to always speak truth, Mark. Speak truth. Well, speaking of truth, here's a tough one for you. And again, I'm asking this question because you've worked in so many different places. Sometimes I see destinations play against type. 
For example, a beach destination decides that everyone knows about their beaches, and so they feature other attributes about their destination. What does your experience tell you about that approach? Look, as a destination, you have to determine who you are. What is your sweet spot in attracting visitation? You cannot be all things to all people. And a perfect example, I'm an urban hub. I'm not rural America. And some travelers may not really want to just go to an urban spot. But there are millions of people who love urban destinations. And so I think you have to first determine who you are, what your value is. The visitor is very smart. The, the new visitor travels a lot. You can't fake them out. And you don't want to try to promote or market a destination to them that you're not. And so as soon as you can determine who you are, what your values are, what you bring, that's what you need to focus on. Don't try to be cute with it, but really be authentic. I would say double down on what your truths are and sell that story. I guess I'm a little bit behind the times because today I heard a travel expression for the first time that I've not encountered before. It's called slow travel. Have you heard this before? I have not heard slow travel. It's new to me. We just got a pitch actually from a media organization we're working with to make a series about it. Forbes magazine defines it as, because I had to look it up, slow travel is involving longer stays at a single location to gain a deeper, more meaningful experience of the destination or choosing a leisure travel experience that explores a new location. So I'm thinking slow travel could apply to experience in Baltimore and maybe even kind of a surrounding area like Annapolis. Well, I'm just hearing that term as you're talking to me, Mark. I love that term because we're always about trying to get that extra day in Baltimore. We want folks to see the history, but we want them to visit the waterfront in our downtown and see all of our arts and culture opportunity and our culinary scene. But there's no question about it that if we can get an extra day in Baltimore, but they can go to Annapolis to get another taste of the city and perhaps go over to Howard County. The region is something we definitely promote. The counties are part of the Baltimore region. The slow travel piece is something that we're always talked about, and I'm glad it's got a label to it now. We want folks to stay an extra day or two to really experience all the great things we have to offer. It fits right into the idea of proximity, doesn't it? I think you're right, and you know, all of us have slowed down because of the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. we, we've slowed down a lot. We're being more thoughtful with our approach, and so I think it really feeds into the travel approach that folks want to say, you know what, I don't want to rush this visit instead of coming in for 24 hours. Let us stay a couple days and really take our time, see the really goodness of these destinations. So I think that's something that really, because of where we were with the pandemic, it's going to help a lot of folks to really slow down and, and take advantage of these great cities. Well, Al, I appreciate you slowing down and taking the time to speak with me actually while you're on the road. Let me just say to you, Mark, I really appreciate you taking time to speaking with me. And I'm definitely marketing Baltimore every day in the state of Maryland, but I also want to market the U.S. because I think it's, one, it's the greatest place to live and we want to promote it to our international visitors and we want folks to come see us. Thanks so much for joining me today, Al. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate you. Regular listeners of this podcast know the show is recorded specifically for those who work in the travel industry. I'm happy to report now that Brand USA has launched our first consumer podcast targeted at potential travelers around the globe. I encourage you to check it out on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for Atlas Obscura, one of our terrific partners, and then look for the Small Town Big Story episodes. Hope you enjoy them. Let me know what you think. 
Your feedback is welcome. Email us at podcast at thebrandusa.com or call 202-793-6256. Brand USA Talks Travel is produced by Asher Mirovich, who also composes music and sound. Engineering by Brian Watkins. Please share this podcast with your friends in the travel industry. You may also enjoy many of our archived episodes, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform. Safe travels.